Welcome back, everyone. We're Simply Bitcoin. We break down the news from Twitter, the daily fail, meme review, software releases, and the websites by plebs. Joining us today, very special guest, fellow Bitcoiner, and co-author of Only the Strong Survive. I am talking about Big Al. He is joining us. But right now, we're diving into the numbers. Let's do it. Number time. Number time is brought to you by Bitcoin 2022. It's going to be the largest Bitcoin conference ever hosted in sunny, sunny Miami Beach, Florida. Get your tickets quickly because the prices do go up. Chad Saylor is going to speak there. President Bukele. Phil and I are going to have a panel as well. It's going to be really cool. You can take advantage of the link down below for 10% off your tickets to Bitcoin 2022. At the time of this recording, the block height is 720,500. 504 the bitcoin price 37,795 chain rewrite days 732 total public lightning capacity 3,363.73 moscow time 2646 and blocks to the happening 119,496 the numbers and some stutter <laughs> numbers uh very i mean <laughs> had, had a slight pump. Had a slight pump yesterday. Um, Tell us about some hopium, Nico. Do we? Is there any hopium? Out I there? do <laughs> have hopium today. Hopium right into your veins. I mean, it's not really hopium because I'm not gonna give an analysis or breakdown of it. It's just cool data that we're gonna show, um, and then you guys could, you know, think what you want of it. <laughs> I guess. Uh, anyways, let's check it out. Uh, it's our favorite glass node. Um, glass nodes is, back. Yeah, this is glass nodes back. Uh, but I'm not gonna tell you what I think. I mean, look, you can attest what you want from this. Anyways, number of addresses with a non-zero balance. Right. Um, right. It's going up. Very cool stuff. We can go to balance to the point zero one. Right. It's going up. So you know, a lot, we got a lot of new stackers. Then addresses with point one. All right, it's getting up there, right? People are still stacking. And we got an address with a balance of one Bitcoin or above. See? Ah, took a little bit of a tumble. T took a little bit of a tumble, but it's on the way back up again. Now, addresses with 10 Bitcoin or more. Now it's getting a little bit more serious. Look, took a lot more of a tumble. And if you compare this to January 2022... And January 2018, the addresses with 10 Bitcoin or more is about the same. So really interesting. Kind of went sideways for a while. Now, addresses with 100 Bitcoin or more took even more of a tumble. This is, it's still less than March 15, 2017. Um, we are, we still less than that. Now, addresses with 1,000 Bitcoin or more. Now, these are either mega whale individuals or exchanges or businesses that are stacking right um there's only two thousand addresses right with one thousand bitcoin or more and addresses with balances of ten thousand bitcoin or more this is like <sighs> companies exchanges etc etc this is also on the way down so really interesting right bitcoin addresses with 10 bitcoin or more have actually either stayed about the same or they've gone down and addresses with one bitcoin or less continue to go up so all that narrative where it's like, uh, you know, the Bitcoin, the wealth is concentrated into too few, uh, too few hands. This is bullshit. Um, it obviously gets better over time. Um, and of course, the people that are saying that conveniently leave out fiat, which is so concentrated into the hands of the few. 
Um, and that's just by design, right? Every time we talk about this a lot on the show, every time they press, they press the money printer, they press P, um, wealth gets redistributed from the poor and the middle class that are saving in cash, right? And it gets redistributed back to the government and uh, very wealthy people because their wealth is stored in either real estate or equities and stuff like that, which have asset inflation, right? Um, if your wealth is stored in that, which most people in America and most people throughout the world can't afford to store in those things, so they have to store in cash. So it's basically theft. In Bitcoin, that theft does not happen, right? Um, so very interesting. And also, the wealthier addresses in Bitcoin, perhaps they've been holding Bitcoin for four or eight years and, you know, they want to buy themselves a Lambo, even though that's stupid, but to each their own, I guess. Um, think about it. If you've been holding Bitcoin for eight years and you want to buy yourself a Lambo, that's not a lot of your Bitcoin relative to what you have, right? So you're not going to want to, you're, you're not going to mine so much. So I suspect that goes into play. Now, in terms of the price dynamic, I'm not even going to get into that. I don't know what any of that means. I don't know what any of those addresses means. I'm just looking at it kind of from the aspect of Bitcoin's wealth inequality, even though I hate using that term, but I know that's a FUD point, so I want to address it. And I'm looking at it also from the growth of the network, right? Because it looks like the smaller guys, they're still stacking. They're still stacking the dip. Anyways, Phil. Well, I was going to say, you know what, the number it looks like it's actually increasing. And I'm, I'm going to suggest that we're seeing the, the, you know, the further rise of the pleb stacker. You know, like this is that to me that that's what that signal is, right? Like from from everything that you showed. But uh, I actually want to I, I actually want to get uh, Big Al's take because look, as I'm taking a piece out of Nico's book right here, he, you know, always asking, um, you know, what the guest thoughts were on where we would be right now and big al i you know i i read through your your piece only the strong survive um and it's a fantastic uh defy and shitcoin dismantling piece that i suggest everyone read and i just want to know well what are your thoughts on on where we're at right now did you did did you think that we were going to be over the 100k did did you think that you know that that the shitcoins would even continue to live this long um and yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I'll 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 go. Um, it's it's quite the leading question, but it's it's the right question to ask, and it, it comes simply to what you were mentioning about, you know, what we're seeing just in the economy in general and assets in general is that, you know, plain and simple, when when we print money as a central bank, uh, whether it's the United States, whether it's any EU country or any Eastern Asian country, the, the major economies, those assets it flows to people who already own the assets generally, right? And then there are always bad consequences that inequality, et cetera. With Bitcoin, that's not possible. When it comes to price predictions, look, I've been doing this for well over half a decade now in this market. We don't, we, don't, we don't do price predictions on the show. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I couldn't care less. Um, you know, it's like, oh, wow, Bitcoin's crashed to a price not seen for six months. You know, you, you got to zoom out into what you're investing in. And if you're investing for the sake of thinking you're going to sell to somebody else at a higher price, you're probably going to lose unless you're extraordinarily good and talented at that. But there are very few people in the world who are good at that. Um, when <laughs> when it comes to will these other chains and 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 assets that I do not believe uh, do the peace and only strong survival accrue long term value? No, I'm not surprised at all. And I also don't believe that they're going to go away even in the next cycle. What I believe is that the majority of the real world value will be captured by 
and on the Bitcoin chain and layer two chains and applications. Because, you know, as I put it out the piece, I think the strongest point we make is that most of what we're seeing is not an innovation. There is no innovation. Like blockchain itself is a really, really inefficient database, right? We might as well just host on AWS if we're going to centralize it. So I don't think, I think they're going to exist. That's just human nature. People like to have things. And for sometimes, okay, maybe they can exist, but why these tokens would accrue value and why, you know, you buy one, you go to sleep for 10 years, you'd hold it. Um, I've not seen a very good case for 99.999% of tokens out there. Probably well, basically none. <laughs> what would you say to, because I know what some people might be watching this, especially if they're new to the show, might be thinking, what would you say to the fact that Ethereum, in terms of dollar terms, outperformed Bitcoin, right? If you zoom it off, if you zoom out in a long enough time scale, Ethereum still hasn't made an all-time high in Bitcoin terms. But I know a lot of people are focusing on that, right? What would you say to those people? I would say, you know, when you make an investment, if you, if you want to get rich quick, go ahead, trade leverage and see how bankrupt you get very quickly. Um, but maybe you get lucky and you get rich quick and you actually cash out. Most people don't. Um, when you make an investment, you're not investing by looking at the price of an asset all the time, right? Obviously the price matters, but what you need to understand is what you are investing in. So yes, Ethereum during bull markets, it's higher beta. That's not, that's not confusing to anybody, right? If you want high beta, you want growth, you go for, I mean, Dogecoin has outperformed everything. I mean, we're, we're all the idiots who didn't buy Shiba coin or Dogecoin, right? Um, but that's not that's not how you build long-term wealth and generational wealth. You build it by buying assets that you fundamentally understand and are fundamentally sound. Um, and all props to all the smart people who have maybe done well in those other things. But but that's what I'd say. I mean, if, if your point comes to me to counter only the strong survive is, well, look at the price. You have not done your research. That's exactly right. That is exactly right. And I just want to go back to something that that uh, Big Al said way at the way at the beginning uh, when answering this question. He didn't care about the price either. Every single Bitcoiner that that we bring on, actual Bitcoiners that that have been through this, they all have the same answer, right? We we all feel the same way. It's like sure, everybody looks at it, but nobody really cares because every single one of us is so zoomed out. It, it's just momentary noise. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, and, you know, we've always, we, we, it's not that we advocate, it's just that, like, look, like, you know, we're critis like we're critical of shitcoins because of their centralization, but uh, we've never told you not to buy a shitcoin, but just be very clear that when you buy a shitcoin, you're gambling, right? Um, and Bitcoin is not really a gamble, it's more of an opt-out, right? Um, so, again, it goes to... Do you have long time preference or do you have short time preference? And I think that a lot of these shit coins, um, just because of their small, small market cap, are going to have a lot of volatility. And sometimes that volatility goes up. But anyways, Phil, it's time for the Daily Fail. The Daily Fail is brought to you by Amber App. Check them out, amber.app. It is the easiest way to buy Bitcoin. It's a Bitcoin stacking app by actual Bitcoiners. The link is down below. Amber, the smart way to stack sets. All right, so we're we're gonna dive into this. This was actually uh, we were tagged a few times to uh, to cover the repeated Solana network fails. Okay, so we we've covered a few in the past, but this is a this is a more recent one, right? From from four days ago. Let's uh, let's dive into this. This is actually on Reddit. Um, let's see here. The Solana network is wrecked and unusable. This sub is a havoc. 
The Solana network is totally congested and unusable in any way right now. When people try to send coins out of the wallet, it gives a 404 error. Uh, I don't even know what that says. Trying to, uh, trying trying to, to take some coins. Trying, trying to take to, some coins. Yeah. Transaction fails. Um, Explorer says 404 error. Some people, some people will want to take some risks and add collateral and the transactions aren't going through. It's basically an offline blockchain right now. This used to be discussed on the Solana sub few times and used to be called out as FUD. The same shit is getting agreed now. I used to hear, I used to hear shit like decentralization is not the only important aspect. Network can be usable and also centralized and be successful. Decentralization is important. The bots are spamming with microtransactions because they're basically free. The only way to fix this now is increasing the transaction fees to make it expensive for bots to spam. Now, the signal in all this, which is it's interesting that we have we have a uh, big Al on um, who dismantles the, the shitcoin so well, because somebody comments back and goes, looks like another ETH killer killed itself. Okay, now look, we've explained this several times, okay? These platforms are circuses. This is technology that does not need to be money. Now, we're not technology haters. For some reason, there's this idea that Bitcoiners uh, hate technology and hate innovation. No, that's not true. Bitcoiners appreciate technology and innovation. We just understand that not every single technology needs to have its own Chuck E. Cheese token that rips off everyone that buys it. If technology is good and it's worthwhile, it can stand on its own. It will find investors. Why? Because the investors will look at it, see the value and want to invest in it. But when there is no value in what you're doing, you have to scam people and you scam them with a token. Okay, so you put the technology fuzz all around, right? Like Nico has mentioned before, the wonderful names, right? We always show you the great looking websites to get you excited to think this is the next big thing. This thing is happening, but it's not. Solana, I don't, I don't know how many times we saw all kinds of tweets out from Solana's the ETH killer, it's better, all of this stuff. And now look, right? This is the third time, I think, that they've had this issue where the network is completely unusable, okay? And this thing is backed by all the big players. So that just goes to show you, it doesn't matter how much, you know what? It's, it's actually kind of funny, right? It just goes to show you all the money is really in the marketing. <laughs> That's really where it all is. Anyways, it's a, it's a short fail, but I thought it, it really outlines the, the major problem that we're seeing with shit coins and, you know, the essentially the lies that just keep getting perpetrated and look you know that particular poster said it right there decentralization matters but it's not just decentralization so that poster is starting on their trip down the rabbit hole but they've got some more work to do yeah absolutely and you know this goes back to what we were talking about during the numbers segment right um and you know the concept of when you're buying bitcoin you're not really investing, you're more so opting out of, of, of the old legacy financial system. And when you buy a lot of these shit coins, what you're doing is you're inherently gambling. And the reason I bring that up is Solana had a very good performance last year, right? Um, but the chain doesn't work <laughs> and it's centralized, right? So again, what were you really buying? You were buying hype, you were buying uh, 
vaporware and it was successfully marketed by the vcs that you know that they don't they they don't see an edge in bitcoin because they have to get in line like everybody else um it's much easier for them just to create a token out of thin air and then sell that to you as the next great thing and in, in solana's case it was the next great ethereum um and uh clearly you know they they had to sacrifice decentralization for centralization to make faster transactions to make the transactions almost you know inexpensive right to compete with ethereum's narrative so i mean mm -hmm. it's just a crock of crap um but i mean like look like if you focus on bitcoin you focus on the signal you have a long time preference none of this shit's gonna happen to you right and this is why we talk about you know you could see it as talking shit i don't think we're talking shit i think we're rather just exposing what these scams really are um and yeah man it's just in uh, all of them all of them including eth man They're, they they all sacrifice decentralization for some other type of feature for speed um but it's exactly what big al said right um it, it, it look it, the the point of a cryptocurrency in my opinion is decentralization that's that's the innovation right uh, uh, uh a money that can't be manipulated can't be captured by politics right that's what makes bitcoin special bitcoin is non-democratic its monetary policy is set in stone its rules without rulers you either obey the rules or you don't you get burned if you don't burn the if you don't obey bitcoin's rules right with all these other shit coins right uh with enough influence um whether you're the ethereum foundation or the solana foundation you could change the rules and if you and if they could change the rules that means that a nation state or government could eventually change those rules to their advantage just like they've done with uh, with uh the financial markets just like they've done with everything a government captures it right once it gets big in size and you know they start uh either you know extracting things for their advantage or they manipulate it in a way what i find absolutely fascinating is everyone's talking about oh the fed meeting the fed meetings at 2 p.m let's see if they're going to talk about tapering off or not tapering off and the entire time i'm like so the market is based on whether they're gonna print money or not like that's the entire financial market and apparently that is the entire financial market uh we're gonna have greg foss next week to talk get a little bit more in detail about all that stuff but yeah man it's just um decentralization is so important um and i think that a lot of people get lost in the shitcoin narrative and all the bells and whistles and all the exciting marketing and then you might look at bitcoin like this old boring dinosaur um well, the reason that it might appear boring and a dinosaur is because, again, the Bitcoin developers, right, and Bitcoiners, they put decentralization above all because if it's centralized, it can be captured. And if it can be captured, it can be corrupted. Anyways, Big Al, what are your may thoughts I, on all this? Yeah. Yeah. I And I love that that was the transition because it goes to something that is very difficult and it's you have to be very impatient to learn it is you have to go to first principles what is the actual innovation created here like why did peter Thiel say you know bitcoin is what paypal tried to do and failed and what it comes down to is that you know maybe one thing we might disagree on is bitcoin is not sound money bitcoin is not digital gold bitcoin is the most robust settlement layer ever created and it's built for the digital world so it being boring is not a flaw it is a feature you want your supreme court to be boring
No economy, nation, or civilization in the history of the world has ever flourished without a strong judicial system. I always use Bitcoin's base layer as the judicial system and is the strongest judicial system ever created and it's built for the digital world. That is why it's boring. It's supposed to be boring. Judges are boring. Rules are boring. But that's okay because from there, then a monetary asset can come out of it. And that monetary asset is based on the strength of the judicial system and the strength of that economy. And Bitcoin inherently is none of these narratives that people say. It is a settlement layer. It is a settlement layer for the truth. And from there, you can build beautiful economies in the digital world. And, you know, when we talk about other chains, I, I always I don't use the word shit coins and whatnot, primarily because I know a lot of people who invest in these things, who are some of the sm- and have dedicated their development time and whatnot to 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 projects. I don't see why they accrue long term value. Some of the smartest people I know. But that's the saddest part about bubbles is that it's not only the misallocation of capital where people will buy up these assets and lose their money. It's also a misallocation of talent. And that's what you've seen. You saw it in the dot-com bubble. People were quitting their great jobs at banking consulting to go to dot-com, blah, blah, blah. And then two years out, they're out of a job. And they also now think they deserve to be a VP. It's like, no, you're an associate. <laughs> like, just because you were a VP at this dot-com place, you're, you're an analyst. You're an associate. Like, that's, like, get over it. Move on. And what's sad is that I think that when we go away from first principles, like a lot of what we're seeing, like Solana is a great example. It's like, I'm sorry, what's the innovation here? Like, why didn't I just build some AWS? Like, why did I, why did we build any of this on Solana? And also, what have you actually built? I mean, I've never used any of these platforms in my day-to-day life. Like, what have you built? <laughs> I, I, I fundamentally have not been answered the question as, what do you build outside of platforms that people use to trade tokens and then trade other tokens then to hopefully be able to sell to somebody else? I mean, that's, that, that's never been sustainable in the history of ever. And this time is not different. So that's, that's my, my thoughts on all of this. Yeah, but this time is different. <laughs> oh, of course it they've is. Got, yeah. Big Al, this this time they've got DeFi. Yeah, okay? Yeah. And there's and there's liquidity for the sake of liquidity's sake, which is a utility in itself. Don't forget about because NFTs. Because it's liquidity. <laughs> NFTs, bro. <laughs> NFTs. Oh yeah, NFTs. I forgot about NFTs. Um, and my bad. It's so funny because all of these things could have it's exactly what you said, Big Al. They could have been built on servers they could have been built on aws and they would have been a lot more efficient um but it's like you have to sprinkle in a little bit of blockchain and then pretend that you're decentralized until shit hits the fan right if shit hits the fan vitalik you know hits the switch and all of a sudden they have to change their algorithm um and stuff like that so it's it's just funny how that works right it's like it's decentralized until a certain point um and with Bitcoin, that's not the case, right? It's decentralized, period. You know, that's it. Mm-hmm. It's set in stone. Um, if you want to change the rules, you have to convince everyone else running a node, which is why it's important that you run a node, uh, to download that new version of software that you're advocating. Um, so, And that annoys a lot of people. That annoys a lot of people because they're not used to that. They're not used to the fact that you actually have to get the community to buy into something. They're used to the fact that you can just dictate it because I own a lot of it, which is why I'm terrified by the idea of proof of stake. I mean, you have to give Ethereum credit. They've done an unbelievable job getting developers, unbelievable job of marketing. When I hear about proof of stake, I'm like, how does anyone pitch that and not just think that's the rich getting richer and the rich owning it all? And by the way, if that's how you do it, proof of stake is what we call equities. 
in the normal world. <laughs> like if I own a lot of a company, I get a vote on what the company does. That is that is not an innovation at all, actually. It's just no, breaking it's securities laws and saying, okay, look, we innovated. Well you did. Sorry. Yeah, yeah I mean you're you're absolutely spot on and, and, and you know it's it's unfortunate. I think that if you want to know what side of history you're on, um, Ethereum is supported by the World Economic Forum. And Bitcoin is detested by the World Economic Forum. Um, and I think that in itself is a lot of signal. But yeah, I completely agree. I think proof of stake is absolutely terrifying. I think it's the new narrative. Uh, we saw BitBoy would be totally, you know, crashed on the guy, you know. Uh, Isn't his ROI like negative 30 on average on his recommendations, by the way? Like someone did an analysis, like negative 30 when he tells you to buy something. Yeah, I actually put it in the, I actually put it in the group chat. Uh, but yeah, someone put it in the group chat, Phil. Maybe you could show it tomorrow. But essentially, uh, someone had the time to, you know, actually put onto a spreadsheet um, and put when BitBoy advocated to buy certain coins on his YouTube channel and he put them on a spreadsheet and all the returns are negative, right? Um, so I mean, like, look, like, and uh, that, on this channel, we're always just going to be advocating for Bitcoin. We're not going to be telling you what we think the price is going to go. We're just going to stick to the signal. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, we advocate for dollar cost averaging. Slowly invest out of fiat, the fiat matrix, and invest yourself into Bitcoin, the freedom money. Um, and I think that the more you understand that you're – de-investing de and this is going to take time uh it takes about four years in my experience really um but you're going to understand that you're not really so much investing into bitcoin uh what you're doing is you're taking your financial sovereignty back and the question that i always hit with people especially in the beginning i think this this uh this is extremely important to have in your mind right um is how much is the cost of freedom Right. How much are you willing to pay for your freedom? Right. So mm -hmm. in the first couple of years, especially if you bought at the wrong time or if you aped in all all in one time and you timed it wrong. Right. It's happened to me before. I know it's happened to Phil. I'm pretty sure it's happened to Big Al. It's happened to everybody, really. Um, and I, I know that in the first couple of years, especially if you bought at the, at the wrong time, you you know, you, you might be looking at your portfolio. And you might be thinking, oh, damn, I'm down in fiat terms. Right. But it's like, do you like. Would you rather own the dollar? Is that something you'd rather own? Would you rather own something that has no cap uh, that some dude in a suit in DC could just print unlimited of? Or do you want something that has absolute scarcity that can't be debased, can't be confiscated, especially if you take self-custody, right? Mm -hmm. um, and again, none of these shit coins could provide you with that level of sovereignty and that level of security. You're still going to have to answer to who's ever in charge of that foundation of that said shit coin. Right, you're still gonna have yeah. to. Vitalik is essentially your god if you own Ethereum, right? And if I may interject here, I mean, you, you hit on the point of other coins, right? Again, it goes back to what's the actual innovation, so you have a way to opt out. I think there's two points that we need to be respectful of, and one goes to the fact is that look, you need the U.S. dollar because if you don't pay your taxes, if, if you're in the United States or whatever country, they're gonna come up and arrest you, and you can feel real good about your bitcoins in a jail cell. That is the truth of life. So not everyone can be fully on the Bitcoin standard as of today. Um, and second is that we can't just dismiss everything else that comes out. There might be, like any technology, there might be something better that comes. As of today, and that's what this analysis was about, we love the idea of decentralized finance. It is a beautiful, beautiful concept. But the instantiation 
of what we're seeing today is not decentralized finance. It's not decentralized and it's also not finance. There is no connection to the real world. And that's what's needed for yields and things to operate in the financial system. So I just say, I, I always take a step back and saying that's like, it's not like Bitcoin's going to be the be all end all. It could be. As of today, I've not been proven as to why I would invest an extra U.S. dollar. I clearly United States based off this interview, um, a U.S. dollar into something else because that is my version of opting out. But yes, I do have to hold U.S. dollars at some points because I need to also pay taxes, and that's just a fact of life. So that those are the two points I'd say. Like I'm maybe softer on them. Maybe, maybe uh, both of both of you. Yeah, and if we, we go ahead, Phil. Oh no! I was going to say I, I wouldn't say necessarily that you know that that you're you're softer in in that position. I I can definitely I can definitely relate and and see you know and and see why you know why you would feel that way. And uh, also, I mean, look, I'm not entirely on zero, right? Like I obviously I still I still have USD. Like you, I have bills to pay, right? Like uh, unfortunately, my mortgage lender does not accept Bitcoin. Okay, so. <laughs> It's hey look, it's part of the it's part of the dance. But to your point, right? Um, I don't see anything right now that offers a ten x experience, um, and not just the experience, but a ten x of the current qualities of Bitcoin. I don't see anything in existence like that today. And so, so to me, it, it's like, why are we gonna go? Why why are we gonna go stand in in, in some other field that makes no sense? Let let's just stand in the corn field and let's stack the corn. And the longer <laughs> you know? that Bitcoin remains at the top, the less the likelihood that there will be something else. Um, and in terms of the the tax subject, yeah, of course, man. I don't think anybody could fully live on a Bitcoin standard. Perhaps I should have rephrased myself. I think that you have or the way that I look at it is have as little fiat as humanly possible, depending on your situation, of course, um, to live. And that's, you know, I'm a huge advocate of that. I, I think that you have to defund the beast, so to speak. And I think that's mm -hmm. a great way to do it. But yeah, man, of course, you're going to have some fiat, you know, to pay your taxes in April and, you know, business expenses, employees, all that good stuff. Right. So, yeah, I agree. I agree. Perhaps we're, we're just too too maxis, Phil. We're almost we're too, there. We're almost there. We're too toxic. But anyways, <laughs> Phil, it's time for the Daily Meme Review. The Daily Meme Review is brought to you by Citadel 21. Do you, do you want an actual magazine written by Bitcoiners? Are you tired of bullshit? Then you need to get Citadel 21. It's stories, articles, comics by actual toxic Bitcoiners. And it's scarce. There's only a thousand copies made per volume. What the f*** are you waiting for? Get your print of Citadel 21 today. All right, this is why memes are awesome, right? They just completely ridicule the other guys. This was, which we covered yesterday. We dedicated the episode to this. IMF urges El Salvador to remove Bitcoin as legal tender. And here's the president of El Salvador. I see you, IMF. That's very nice. That's very nice. That's absolutely hilarious. Uh, this is why memes are so effective. This is uh, the Bitcoin. Someone put this in the group chat. Bye-bye, uh, IMF News. Naibukele is another monetary sovereignty for El Salvador not continued enslavement imf we urge el salvador to strip bitcoin of its staff these people are crazy man i can't believe yeah. they asked them to do that okay anyways moving on to the next one this is by jose valdez this is how imf looks right now please bitcoin will destroy us 
uh, the little kid praising Nine Kelly. I wouldn't get so cocky, okay? <laughs> I wouldn't get so cocky, guys. Uh, we still have a long road ahead. Anyways, yeah. this is Jack Ballers. Jack Maulers. I would have gotten away with it, too, if it weren't for you meddling kids. <laughs> the IMF. Classic Scooby-Doo. Scooby yeah, Jack Maulers, Bitcoin, Nine Bukele. Absolutely hilarious. All right, moving on to the next one. This is actually kind of scary. Um and this is, you know, talking about the social credit system. The reason I talk about the social credit system is because this is what central bank digital currencies are going to enable. And uh, this is a little image of essentially the the functionalities of the social credit system in in China, right? Um, so, anyways, check this out. So, traditional input, social input, online input, income, tax payment loan repayment, credit card bills, utility bills, payment of court judgments, right? That goes into traditional input. Then there is adherence to traffic rules, adherence to family planning limits, payment for public transportation, academic honesty, volunteer activity, uh, I have piety, uh, criminal record, shopping habits, reliability of information posted or reposted. Who gets to decide what is reliable or what is non-reliable information online? Uh, shopping habits, interaction with other internet users. That is absolutely scary. So all of these things get calculated into a score, and then that score gets to decide whether you have access to the internet, whether you're, what your loan rates are, you have access to social services, whether you pay a premium on insurance or not, whether you have access to luxury hotels, travel abroad, school. So essentially it's worse than prison. It's a way to control every facet of your life, depending on what your behavior is. And the reason that we say on the show and the reason that we focus on Bitcoin and not shit coins is this is the future. While everyone's getting distracted on NFTs and monkeys, right? The future ahead of us is absolutely terrifying. It's a future of freedom or slavery. Um, and slavery are going to be enabled by central bank digital uh, currencies. And freedom is going to be enabled by only Bitcoin, the non-corruptible secular money, um, not apolitical money as well, right? So, and when you see those those graphs or those whatever, it really highlights how dystopian a uh, social credit system would be in the West. And they're already implementing some type of social credit system and the it's already it's already here right it's under the guise of esg which is environmental social and governments right uh social same thing it's like how woke are you uh you know how many people do you have on your board uh environmental right you know there's a lot of things that perhaps we don't agree with with people that have different perspectives on terms of the environment but we've definitely seen at least uh, the, the environment narrative as a form to attack bitcoin right it's funny because they don't attack proof of stake, which they can control, but they use it to attack Bitcoin, which they can't control, right? Um, so again, uh, very dystopian, and I, this is the future ahead of us. The battle lines right now are a little obfuscated, right? Um, but I think that as time progresses, the battle lines are going to be more and more defined, and you're going to eventually you're going to have to choose, right? Do you want a little slight inconvenient freedom? or convenient slavery and that's what central bank digital currencies are going to enable anyways anyways phil why don't you go first i don't have my score yet okay that last meme honestly was super depressing uh, i just want to point that out um very depressing meme but the rest of them i enjoyed and thought were funny and for all those memes i am giving it this remote control for the heated insoles that's right it has a remote it looks like a special edition treasure. 
Are you sure that's not a treasure, <laughs> Phil? I swear. Look, it's not a treasure. Anyways, for those memes, I'm going to give it some vitamin B. B complex. Yeah. It's important. Yeah. Anyways, Big Al, what would you give those memes? What would your score be? <laughs> um... I mean, for the first one, for the Simpsons one, that was perfect. Um, for the last one, also dystopian, but perfect. I didn't like uh, 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 Nayib, uh I forget his name, the Nayib El Salvadorian dictator. Yeah, yeah it, it, you know, he is a dictator at the end of the day. I like what he's doing, but, you know, that's okay. Um, it's, it's well, it's not okay, but, you know, it is what it is. But I would give it all. I'd give a cold card to the uh, to the first Simpson mean and the last one because it's dead on. So okay. that's that's my uh, good. <laughs> that's my read of it. Good score. So an incog- score. incognito treasure that Phil is lying that they're, they're heat warmers. <laughs> uh, some vitamin B and a cold card. Anyways, guys, we want to know. Do you agree with our scores? Do you disagree? Let us know down in the comment section. And of course, make sure to subscribe to us on alternative video platforms like Rumble.com and BitcoinTV.com. They don't censor there because it's Bitcoin TV. And make sure to join our Telegram group. Link us some Bitcoin memes to review because of Bitcoin meme review. We need memes to review because of Bitcoin meme review. Anyways, Phil, it's time for the daily news. Do you like 3D printed stuff? But you're too lazy to make your own? Well, you should check out CryptoCloaks.com. He makes the best 3D printed Bitcoin merch. Like the 3D printed Bitcoin art grenade opens up. You put your favorite hardware wall in there. Really cool stuff. Or the awesome, really dope 3D printed Bitcoin honey badger comes in three different, I would like to say shapes and sizes because that's what they say, but it's really just sizes. Anyways, take advantage of the link down below for 5% off CryptoCloaks.com. So we talk about the game theory of Bitcoin a lot and something called the better flag theory. And the better flag theory is, is simple, right? Um, in It's not simple, but let me explain it. But essentially, the citizen or the person, the individual is going to go where they're treated best, right? Um, and Bitcoin, essentially, it's going to enable, right, to for you not to only to vote with your wallet, but also your feet. Well, this also applies to nation states when it comes to Bitcoin, right? Um, and it's simple, right? It's it's. It, I mean, it's a simple concept to understand. If the United or if China bans Bitcoin, right, or Bitcoin mining, another country is going to benefit, right? We've already saw that with uh, China banning Bitcoin mining, and then the rest of the miners going to the United States. The United States is going to benefit from that, right? And why do I have this article pulled up? Well. Something similar is happening on a world scale, right? And this uh, this article is kind of an introduction, right? Which is Biden warns Putin, Putin's the president of Russia, with sanctions as West, West steps up Ukrainian defenses. So when the U.S. warns of sanctions, it, it just it's something that we've heard so many times. It's just like, okay, well, the reason that the U.S. is able to do that is because the U.S. dollar is a global reserve currency, and it by being the global reserve currency, essentially the United States of America has weaponized the dollar for political ends, right? Now, whether you agree with Russia or not, we're not going to get into the politics of it. But as Bitcoiners, we fundamentally disagree with anybody who's trying to censor anybody's transactions, anybody's speech, because that's how Bitcoin functions, right? And what does this force Russia to do? It forces Russia to look for other options that are not the US dollar to do business, right? Because obviously, they don't want you know, that that weight hanging over their head. Right. And that's exactly what happened. Remember in the beginning of the week when 
the central bank of russia announced that uh, they were going to ban bitcoin or they wanted to ban bitcoin mining well again it didn't happen and the reason it didn't happen is because what i was saying earlier the better black flag theory and russia sees bitcoin as a political advantage right they see it's like oh wait you have an open monetary network that can circumvent u.s sanctions you know that that sounds pretty awesome anyways let's see what putin had to say uh russian president vladimir putin on wednesday said the country has distinctive characteristics that allow it to benefit from bitcoin mining while its central bank last week called for a complete ban of the activity in the country as it worries cryptocurrencies could pose risk to its citizens is it really risk to its citizens or is it risk to the central bank anyways i digress putin also asked the bank of russia to reach a consensus with the country's minister ministry of finance who on tuesday discouraged a complete prohibition of bitcoin mining and bitcoin trading and mining in the country citing how such a move could hurt russia's ability to compete in the technology sector so it's not only a competition aspect right but it's also hey why would i ban an open monetary network that the united states can't control anyways the central bank does not stand in the way of our technological progress eventually that's putin telling the central bank of russia to fuck off when it comes to bitcoin anyways makes the necessary efforts to implement the latest technology in the area Putin stated in a Wednesday meeting with members of the Russian government addressing the divergent opinions held by the government body in the central bank. The central bank's position in regards to cryptocurrencies is based on worries that the expansion of this type of activity carries certain risks, which is very similar to what the IMF says and all the other central bankers. But it's like anywhere that Bitcoin has touched, like in, especially in El Salvador's case, right? El Salvador, Bitcoin has been legal tender for not, not, not even a year, but there's already more people with a Bitcoin wallet than a legacy bank account right anyways um although of course we also have certain competitive advantages which is what i was talking about here especially in the so-called mining and why does russia have competitive advantages again because russia is a huge country has a lot of natural resources and if, if it's a huge country with a lot of natural resources you might make a really good bet that it has a lot of stranded energy. And if there's stranded energy, that means the energy is, is inexpensive uh, for anyone who wants to buy. And if it's inexpensive, that means that Bitcoin miners are perfect there, right? We know for a fact that about 11% of, of the global hash rate is coming from Russia, 11.23%, right? So that's a pretty good amount. And I think that it's bullish uh even though we basically knew this was going to happen um because the incentives that bitcoin provides no government is able is ever going to be able to match that and if i was in putin's shoes and putin is a dictator he's he is an authoritarian right he's been in power for many 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 years um since yetsin in the 90s really um this guy's gonna try to find whatever whichever way possible to get an edge on the United States. Now that's good for everyone in the Bitcoin network, right? Because while these two nation states are bickering and fighting each other, they're essentially trying to compete. And by them trying to compete is that they're gonna try to get an edge on each other when it comes to Bitcoin. So that means that they're not gonna try to ban it because they know if they ban it, look what happened in China already. China banned it and all of that business, all of those miners just came to the US, all that new tax revenue. Right. So unless and Andreas Antonopoulos actually said this many years ago in one of his podcasts, unless all world governments right, collaborate 
on one giant worldwide Bitcoin ban all at the same time. Just not going to work. And let me bring something else. When have world governments ever have agreed to one big thing? Right. And if they can't agree to one big thing, there's always going to be a country that has open arms to Bitcoin. And, you know, that's the case. Right. Uh, we already have a nation state. And if you believe what Max Kaiser has been saying the uh, next couple of days, we already have two nation states. Right. That um, that well, Salvador already made it legal tender. Hopefully soon there's going to be another one in Central or South America. And again, if, if, if you're starting to have more nation states making this completely legal tender, it's just going to highlight the failures of fiat money. And it's they're just going to attract more Bitcoin businesses. You've already seen a lot of Bitcoiners, you know, before they they were like, what is El Salvador? Now you have all these Bitcoiners from all over the world going and visiting uh, the Central American country. And it is one of the poorest countries on the face of the planet, I might add. Right. So, again, you know, it looks like where Bitcoin goes, good things happen. Anyways, Phil. It just got me it just got me thinking, right? Like how we live we we exist in a timeline where where somehow Putin is 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 sounding like a you know, like an ally of Bitcoin. And the other thing is this, right? The the other thing is this. I, I think that it's really interesting because I think when governments really uh really look at Bitcoin, uh when they look at Bitcoin they I, the smart ones anyways immediately realize um that if they if they're being realistic they know that they offer subpar services for a very high cost and maybe they decide that they start to provide value they're like okay look you know if we're gonna if we're gonna actively support bitcoin and support our citizens then you know we need to make a change the one thing i did want to point out though um and it could be a joke but there is one thing that all the governments of the world do agree on and it's that they disagree so <laughs> so, so I don't know. I don't know if I can ever see them all coming together to actually ban, uh, to actually ban Bitcoin. But let's be honest, there'll always be some miner out there that because the incentives, this goes back to what you said. It's the incentives. It's like, OK, well, then let me find what the loophole is so that I can continue to do this because it's good for me and it's good for the network. So, yeah. I uh, I don't know. This is weird. I uh, I, was, I th that was you know as you're reading through that I'm like wow I'm I was kind of surprised you know. And again, <laughs> it, it, we're not trying to make we're not trying to make Putin into you know no. some person. He's just following his own incentives. That's right? right. That Bitcoin the Bitcoin network provides by the way it's architected right. And again, it's crazy that Satoshi knew about this when he created it. Um, and it's absolutely fascinating to watch the Bitcoin game theory play out in real time. So while all the other channels are focusing on fucking JPEG monkeys and DeFi, right? We like to think that we're focusing on the actual revolution on simply Bitcoin. Anyways, big out. That's, that's also, thoughts? yeah, I mean, that's sort of my final comment. That's the beauty of it. That's the real innovation versus what we pointed out and only the strong survive might be non-innovation is that it simply exists. It's open source software that's a settlement layer for truth. And regardless of, you know, currencies have their place in the world. I do not believe the U.S. dollar is going anywhere, frankly. People might disagree with me, but it's going to be there. Um, I think that what you see is that, like you said, is everyone disagrees. You know, countries do not agree on things. And But the one thing that everyone can agree on as humans, like what is a country, what is a nation, it is humans collectively working together to create an economy to hopefully uplift the average person. 
which has been the case, by the way. Like, I, I would recommend everyone on the show to read Factfulness by Hans Rosling. Everyone likes to be negative all the time. The human condition has improved dramatically every single decade. And that's just, that's a fact. And that's when you look at statistics and facts. Um, but what Bitcoin allows is essentially just there. It just exists. If you need a settlement layer for truth, it will be there. And it's built for a digital world and it enables that. So it's just going to continue to eat away at people who make mistakes, leaders who make mistakes, and eventually it will succeed. So that's that's the real innovation. And that's where all the value is going to end up accruing. Absolutely, man. And by yeah. the way, if, if you want to step out too, because I know you had something at 2.30, thank you so much for coming on the show, bro. Everyone's going to appreciate it. But anyways, Phil, I got <laughs> some more I got some more news. Um, Let's continue. Check this out. So while Russia is waking up to the fact that, hey, maybe uh, we're better off if we don't ban this thing. And the U.S., it looks like there's another fuck up. Anyways, okay. So check out this tweet by Jerry Brito. Good job. He works at Coin Center. Um, it's a Bitcoin and shitcoin advocacy, advocacy, advocacy group and lobbying arm in, in the swamp of Washington, D.C. Um, so they're forced to be on top of this stuff. But anyways, check this out. Check out this tweet. Included in the American America Competes Act, just introduced in the House, and which will likely pass in some form is a provision that would be disastrous, not just for cryptocurrency, but for privacy and due process generally. The so-called special measures provision would essentially give the Treasury Secretary unchecked and unilateral power to ban exchanges and other financial institutions from engaging in cryptocurrency transactions. How would it do this? The Bank Secrecy, the infa infamous Bank Secrecy Act of 1970, allows the secretary to identify a primary money laundering concern and take special measures. Now, if you've been if you've been subscribed to this channel, you know how we feel about uh, the the AML and KYC, right? We know we we had a KYC AML expert, which you guys should definitely go watch out watch that episode. Um, and essentially, he breaks down the entire system, and essentially the conclusion that he comes up with is they're ineffective at stopping crime, and in fact, they actually protect criminals because criminals know that if they check off those boxes, that money is now considered clean. And the thing is, it doesn't stop crime, and the reason it doesn't stop crime is when the F does a criminal care about KYC and AML, right? So they're oftenly used against, these measures are often used against innocent civilians that are following the law but exact because they didn't color in the lines exactly they get fined they get taxed etc etc right um have you heard of compliance right it's so big this compliance right this is what you're complying to anyways and take special measures to require financial institutions to report information on the concern to prohibit fls from maintaining accounts related to the concern Special measures authority is vast power that the Secretary of the Treasury has today. So in its current statute, there are checks on that power. What are those checks? First, the law requires the Treasury engage in the public rulemaking before instituting a prohibition. So they want to get rid of that. So no, you, the, the plebs. Uh, isn't democracy great? Uh, the plebs, you guys have no say in this. Um, second, the Secretary can impose a surveillance special measure through a simple order. But its duration is limited to 120 days and must be accompanied by public rulemaking. Again, 
They want to get rid of all the limits, all the checks on government, right? You guys can do whatever you want. We trust you. Because um, they've never fucked anything up. While not full due process, these limitations at least alert the public and gives the public some opportunity to comment on special merit measures, merit, or constitutionality. The new provision would do three things. Add certain transmittal funds to the list of things that can be banned by the secretary. Limit all public notice and comment requirements. Limit the 120-day limitation for measures imposed without regulation. Now, look, let's be real for a second. Is it probable that uh, Secretary Yellen is just going to ban... Bitcoin and shit coins tomorrow. Absolutely not. All right. Um, but again, just like the infrastructure bill, what you're doing is that you're giving the, the government a much bigger stick to go after Bitcoiners if they so if they see fit. So right now, when everything's fine and dandy, not a problem. But when inflation starts to hit 20 percent, 15, 20 percent. Right. And the government is really, really trapped into a corner. Right. And they need an escape goat, not like governments have ever used escape goats or anything. Right. Um, again, this is giving them more unchecked power without absolutely no discussion from the public. And it's giving that power to a non-elected individual that's appointed. Right. And that one individual gets to decide whether this entire industry is legal or not legal night and day without giving the public any type of recourse that's essentially what this new bill is advocating for now it, it, it that doesn't provide stability right and that really shows you how these bureaucrats think of the space right it's an inconvenient truth to them it's an inconvenient bother specifically bitcoin so yeah man it, it's again and and i'm just i, I just want to express this i'm disappointed because this is the second time this has happened First, we got screwed with the infrastructure bill. There was a giant effort. I, I'm, I'm going to give them credit by Coin Center, by Bitcoiners, by everyone to add an amendment. Right? It, it only failed by one congressman. He was a Republican. Uh, he just did it. He wanted some military spending that wasn't included, and because he got angry, they never included the amendment. So the infrastructure bill, with its bad language, stands today, which the government can use to go after Bitcoiners. Doesn't mean they will, but they can. And again, this is the second time in a bill that must pass, right? And they, the reason they included it in this, the same reason they, they included a crypto provision in the infrastructure bill. It's like infrastructure, what does it have to do with The reason they do that is because they know these bills have to pass, right? And because they know they have to pass, they include all this stuff and they hope a lot of it sticks, right? Um, and is this democracy? Like, is this government? Like, what is this? This is some bureaucrat that's like, yeah, they might be inconvenient in the future. Let's accumulate as much firepower as possible so that we can attack it if we so if if we see fit. But the silver lining to this, and again, I didn't do this on purpose, is again, when you see one country closing up and shooting themselves in the foot, you see another country popping up with opportunity. This this time, it just happens to be Russia <laughs> out of all places, um, you know. And of course, you have El Salvador, which is why Bitcoiners are advocating so hopefully about El Salvador. That's why they're talking so. It's like you see El Salvador, you see the future, you see this, and it's like you see a bureaucratic nightmare of corrupt layers on top of corrupt layers, keeping this old dawdling machine moving, and it's just man, it's archaic. It's evil. It's corrupt. I, I can't even think of more words. Um, 
So I think, man, I, I, I think that this, Phil, if it does pass, right, we'll, we'll be on top of it, is just another recipe for disaster in the long term. It's another goddamn recipe for disaster, just like the infrastructure bill. We forgot about the infrastructure bill, but, but it's law, right? It goes into law, I think, 2023 or 2024. Mm -hmm. That's law. That means that if it stays law, the government can. And if you look at history, right, the government does abuse every single type of power, right, you give to them. You remember the Patriot Act? Look how much they've abused that to spy on American citizens. So you don't think that they're not going to use this. It's like, oh, Mr. Belevolent Master, please don't use that big stick on me. It's like, man, like if Bitcoin ever does become a threat to the money printers, which we believe it will, of course they're going to use it you know it's just it's it's obvious but i think that these moments again the, the silver lining here is that they highlight the corruptness of this giant bureaucratic machine right it's fiat governments nation states right it's 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 incredible anyways phil yeah you know you made definitely hit the nail on the head and i think you made some really interesting points um you know the the other piece to this, uh, the the other piece to this is is this, right? I think, um, and of course, I don't think we can quantify it, but you know, as the money loses value, it's very difficult to continue to incentivize people to do insanely stupid self harm things. Okay, um, and and I consider, I, I consider, um, you know, helping to pass these kind of anti freedom type of laws. Like for me, this is that that's what that is. Um, you know, like that, that to me is self-harm um, and or a form of self-harm. Now, the reason why I'm explaining this is because, you know, at, at some point, right, you can't incentivize them with the money anymore. So how do you incentivize these people? Coercion. How do you incentivize these group? Coercion, but you incentivize them with power, right? You incentivize them with insane power. And, and how do you do that? You put you put laws in place to make it so that they can abuse these powers. So I, I just look, this scares the hell out of me. It's absolutely depressing, right? That we, we essentially we're getting hoodwinked twice. OK, like we're, we're getting hoodwinked twice. Um, the, the great thing about Bitcoin is, is that anybody with the means um, can afford a miner and can plug this thing in and mine Bitcoin and be a part of the network. And we can do the same thing when we install the Bitcoin Core software, um, you know, or we decide to get a hardware wallet and or get a node uh, and all of that good stuff. So, you know what? I, I think, you know, you, you said this before, we are in for an uphill battle. We're definitely in for an uphill battle. Um, the governments are going to abuse the hell out of everything they can. So we should expect it. Um, It'll be a very happy, it would be a happy moment if we didn't have to go through it, right? But you know that, and this is the interesting thing, right? At what point does Bitcoin cross that threshold where all of a sudden it's game on and they start looking and they gold start picking through? Market yeah, you think gold. so too, huh? Market cap okay. gold. Yeah. Okay. So we're both on the same page for that. I, I think so too. It's there's the psychological level that once that happens, they are going to lose their collective shit. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it's going to be like, okay, all the FUD didn't work. None of this worked. And then they're really going to turn on the noise and they're going to turn on the pain and it's going to get really freaking dystopian and weird. Hope we're wrong. Right. Hope we're, th hope that we're wrong. But if that happens, it's going to be creepy. Yeah, and have your really money, creepy. have your Bitcoin, you know, take custody of your Bitcoin, uh, run your own node, 
Um, and better hope you live in Texas or Florida, especially if you live in the United States. Um, but yeah, man, it, it's going to get nasty. I completely agree. I just don't see any other way, Phil, right? Like, do no. you really think these bureaucrats, these government officials that are used to essentially shutting down, think about it, bro. They came up with a lie to invade Iraq. Okay. Just kill, yeah, millions, kill millions of people. Okay. <laughs> it was all based on a lie, right? Weapons of mass. There were no weapons. of mass, And we're just expect to swallow it deal with it it's like dude like you're dealing with people that are literally crazy um and those people are going to look at bitcoin they're going to be oh this is so easy to squash and they're realizing they're trying to kill this tiny little mosquito that just keeps dodging them and they're just like why can't i kill this thing you know so it's like yeah man man that's the interesting point that you make the governments have gotten so big that they can't effectively control the smaller things, right? Like the smaller the day-to-day problems, right? You have local governments, right? Then you have the, you know, obviously you have like, you know, the statewide governments and everything like that and the federal government. But the point is, is that the governments are so big, they can't move fast enough to pivot for Bitcoin. <laughs> so. Man, anyways. Yeah. Bunker down and subscribe to Simply Bitcoin. But anyways, Phil, there was an open source software release today. Why don't you tell everybody about it? Software releases. The software releases are brought to you by CypherSafe. Check them out, cyphersafe.io. We've got the Cypher wheel, best place to store your seed. And they've got the all new Cypher grid, did not bump the microphone, comes with the punch tool and the tamper wire. Link is down below. We've got the simple Bitcoin wallet, not the simply Bitcoin wallet. It's the simple Bitcoin wallet version 2.4.27 that was released. It's down below in the show notes. Guys, check us out. Audio only. You know the deal. Rain or shine, we post. Go ahead. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. And if you want to stream us sats, Fountain FM. Awesome. Thank you, Phil. All right, guys, that was our show. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to smash that like button. But I also want to give a special shout out to our guest before we go. His name is Big Al. Go give him a follow on on Twitter. And again, if you like the show, make sure to (laughs) hit that smash button. And of course, make sure to subscribe to Simply Bitcoin if you want to hear Bitcoin news from actual freaking Bitcoiners. And we'll see you tomorrow, guys, for a brand new episode. The governments can't stop Bitcoin. TikTok. Next block. We'll be right back.